intimacy. And we can all base intimacy, yes, based on God, but also on the relationships that we have, right? Right? And that level of intimacy or the intimacy that is spoken about here in terms of the close familiarity and the friendship, this is exactly what the Lord desires with you. Like, there has been, if you look through scripture and you look at it closely, there is this constant call for intimacy. This constant call for friendship. Even how God, like, even when we look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament still matters, people of God. You know, when we look at the Old Testament, even the relationship that Israel had with God, or that God desired with Israel, shall we say, right? And it's, it's interesting, and I'm trying to keep to my notes, and I'm trying to stay very steady on my notes, right? But it's interesting because in Judges, it speaks about how, you know, there was a generation of Israel that did not know the Lord or acknowledge him. That's mad. And because of that, because they did not know the Lord and because they did not acknowledge him, when you read through Judges, you then begin to find them going astray. Why? Because they didn't have that experience with him. And the reason why we are intimate with God is simply based on his nature and his character and his works. When we have a revelation of that, it makes us easier for us to connect with him. But I'm not going to go too far, right? And so as we were even in prayer, you know, as um, Tosan and Tony led so powerfully and I can still feel the presence of God in this room, it's so rich. You know, the Lord was speaking to me about this scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, verses 14. And it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are constantly called into fellowship with God, into closeness with God, into togetherness with God, constantly. And so we're going to look at Mary and Martha as our point of focus today, um, as I speak to you on this thought, the culture of intimacy, the culture of intimacy. And if you have your journals, your Bibles, your iPhones, and that blessed Android, okay? If you're here in A&T, we don't do Android, okay? We only do Apple. <laughs> it's anointed, amen, amen. The culture of intimacy, the culture of intimacy. We're going to read from Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. And it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, everyone say Mary, Mary. who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we just want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your love. And Lord, we open our hearts to receive this word today about the culture of intimacy. Lord, we want to be like Moses, saying, show us your glory. 
don't take us from here if your presence is not with us. We, we want to be like Enoch, Lord God, where we can say we've walked with you, God, that we experienced you in all of your authenticity, God. Yeah, Lord, we, we surrender ourselves and we open ourselves up to this word today. And we say yes to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when we look at what it means in terms of culture, let's look at that word culture. So we've defined intimacy. Now let's define culture. Culture is the ideas, customs, and social behaviors of a particular people or society. The ideas, customs, and social behavior of a particular people or society. When I'm referring to the culture of intimacy, what I'm essentially saying is that we want to be a people whose lives are governed by the presence of God, right? By the Holy Spirit, which then informs our ideas, our customs, and social behavior. Remember the scripture says in Romans 12, it says, present yourself as a living sacrifice, right? And then it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? We want to be surrendered to God in such a way that it transforms the way we do life, the way that we are, right? And so this is something that we should desire greatly, to be identified as people of presence, I don't want to just be known for what I'm good at. I want to be known that, yo, she carries a weight. She carries a glory. Like, when she speaks, I hear God. Right? And there's too many people that are satisfied with just the gift and not the giver. Too satisfied. Settled. I have my husband as a witness. Amen. Even if nobody else says amen in here, he's saying it. <laughs> Right? We want to produce evidence of the presence of God in our lives. Yeah. What does that look like? Holiness. Okay. What does that look like? Honor. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like? Love. What does that look like? Obedience. Yeah. Like I'm cultivating a culture in my life that has God at every aspect of it. Like I don't do nothing without God. I want his presence. And I believe that we need to get to a point as a people, as a generation where we need God. We need him. Each and every character that we've gone through didn't do anything without God because they understood, you know, their humanity, right? They understood that there was a great need. That's where we need to get to because once we get to that place, then we can then begin to have the evidence of God in our lives. And so we have Mary and Martha, right? And we hear about Mary and Martha often, right? We're like, Martha, don't be a Martha, be a Mary. Be a Mary, man. Like, Mary was, she loved Jesus. And Martha didn't love Jesus? Martha didn't want God? <laughs> but I believe that there are key principles that we can take from Mary and Martha, right? Mary and Martha, you know, Martha is the one actually that welcomes Jesus into the home. She actually invited him into the home, right? So what she was doing was not wrong, right? When she began to serve, because she's welcomed him into the home, right? Every person in here can testify. If a visitor, when we were younger, was coming to the house, we saw plates that we didn't ever use, right? (laughs) 
like in the in the in the cabinet that we never ever use snacks that I didn't even know existed right it's not the as the one you understand it's it's the te- it's the finest you know what I mean it's name brand it's foxies and whatnot you understand them biscuits that were high from us for the visitors right she was welcoming him to have those foxes you understand the finest do you get what I mean like Martha was like come Jesus I, I want you in this home and so the first thing that we can we can get from this is that you have to fight to be present in a Martha world. You have to fight to be present in a Martha world. Martha was doing what she was meant to do. But she missed it completely when she was welcoming Jesus into her home. Right? Martha welcomed Jesus into her home, but wasn't present enough to engage with him. Right? And we live in a culture that praises hustle and diminishes stillness. <laughs> we live in a culture that praises hustle and diminishes and undermines stillness. Like I said, what Martha was doing, it's not that it was wrong. What Martha was doing, it's not that it was wrong. It was right. It was just the wrong timing. Right? And we live in a world that has so many demands, so many obligations, so many pools, so many platforms, right? If it's not Instagram, it's TikTok. If it's not TikTok, it's Twitter, right? There is so much happening around us. I always like to laugh because when Instagram's down, everyone goes and huddles in Twitter, right? We just choose another distraction. Right? We're just choosing another distraction, right? And so, for some of us, here is a visual representation of what our lives look like. (laughs) Trying to excel in our career, maintain a social life, drink enough water, exercise, text everybody back, stay sane, survive and be happy. For us, we need to add a prayer life in there, right? (laughs) Trying to honour God, trying to be holy, right? As he is holy, right? Rise and shine, shameless plug, right? It's a visual. This meme always makes me laugh. Why it's true. This is how some of us are looking at the spirit, right? We're just, we just trying it out here, right? And so we can all testify that there are demands and there are pulls that this world gives us, right? But within that, it's so easy for us to miss divine opportunities, divine moments, divine appointments. I always say that we can still experience God in the mundane. It's whether we're still enough to capture it. Right? We can still experience him. And so Martha was missing a divine moment. And I don't know whether in her house it was open plan or not. So that she can actually hear what was happening. But my assumption is, is that Martha was so into what she was doing that she totally missed the good part. And we want to be a people in tune with God, attentive to God, right? The culture of intimacy is nurtured through intentionality. We have to be intentional in a world that is pulling us, in a Martha world, right? A Martha world is busy, it's hectic, 
It has many obligations and demands, but we need to find God even in the midst of it all. Right? We want to still cultivate an intimacy with God like no other. We have to be attuned to what God wants to do. And so many of us, like Martha, have invited God to be part of our lives, but simultaneously ignored his influence and his partnership in our lives. She welcomed him. She welcomed him. We welcome him. Lord, have your way. Lord, I want to experience you. Lord, do a new thing in me. Lord, I know I need to change. Lord, I know I need freedom. Lord, I need you. Yet at the same time, we ignore him. We ignore his desire for partnership. We're ignoring it. Even right now, I just want us to just pray, Lord, make me aware of you. Make me more sensitive to you. I want to be aware of your presence. I want to be aware of your leadership in my life. I, I, I don't want to invite you, then ignore you. I want to know you, God. I want to experience you. Hallelujah. Amen. Which leads me to this. You have to choose presence over pressure. You have to choose presence over pressure. Some of us are too subjected to pressure. Then we do presence. But what if I invite you to a life that chooses presence when pressure comes? That's what Mary did. Mary chose presence over pressure. She could have helped her sister, right? She could have been in the kitchen preparing with her sister. But she wasn't swayed by what was going on around her because she discerned the moment. She said, look, Jesus, if you look at the previous chapters, he was doing many things in that town, right? He was healing. He was delivering. There was miracles going on, teaching the disciples. So it's not like they didn't know who he was. They knew who he was. But I believe that Mary understood the significance of him being in their home. She understood, she discerned it. So she wasn't swayed by the pressure that her sister was given. She wasn't swayed by that. She said, I'm going to choose presence. I'm going to choose to be at his feet. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to be locked in, to have my attention on him. And that takes mad discipline. Mad discipline. Have you ever been at someone's house and then someone's like, oh, hey, do you want help with the dishes or whatever, Right? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, you're the only one in the living room left. And it's like, oh, maybe I should help. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I should help to clear up or, you know what I'm saying? The pressure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that pressure there. That's probably the pressure that was probably there. But Mary wasn't, she she wasn't swayed. She was at his feet. Tuned in, locked into who he was. Not swayed. And many of us need to understand the art of discipline, the art of staying locked into God, even in the midst of chaos, not getting locked in and pulled into the things that do not benefit your soul, but being locked into what does. God does. 
God does. It's, it's a benefit being locked into God. It's a benefit for us to be, you know, in tune with him, attentive to him. It is possible to be in a martial world and maintain a posture like Mary. It's possible. It just takes discipline. It takes saying no when you really you could say yes. That's what it takes. It takes sacrifice. How many of us are really willing to make that sacrifice? To be with God. I could go out today with the girls. I could go out today with the boys. But I realize that my soul is yearning for much more than that. Much more. A posture like Mary's is essential to us cultivating this culture of intimacy. What do you need to say no to that will allow you to say yes to God? What is a thorn in your flesh in this season? What is restricting you from truly getting intimate, close, coming into friendship, into togetherness with God? Sometimes it is the shows. Sometimes it is social media, let's be real. But sometimes it's our circle. They don't want it like you. So it's influencing the way you want it. They don't want holiness like you. So it's influencing you living a holy life. They don't want to pray like you. But it's influencing the way you show up to God in prayer. Maybe it is your circle. Maybe it is your mental habits, the way that you think. Maybe it is more word and less internal dialogue. Because sometimes the internal dialogue, do you know what that is? That's, that's years of experience. That's years of pain speaking to you. Really, really, do, do, can you really draw near to God with that, with that thorn in your flesh? Can you really tell him what you're really feeling? Maybe not. Okay, shame has come into the room. Guilt has come into the room. But if you have the word, then the word can speak to that internal dialogue. If you have, and when I say the word, I'm talking about the truth that sets you free. Right? If you have the word, then you can combat those voices. Right? What is happening? What is truly pulling you away from God? Pressure. The the pressure of not truly doing what needs to be done internally, the healing in order for you to experience God. Pressure. Pressure. Being conformed to this world. Pressure. The continual taking in of the world, pressure. Have you ever woken up and you're good? Go on Instagram and see someone's post or a few people's posts and then now you want to get married. <laughs> let's, let's be real. Oh, can we be real in the house today? Right? 
you can feel like you're missing out on life. Someone had a party or something like that. They were at, what, what's, what's this? Heavy is the head toward, you know what I mean? Stormzy, you know, God's calling you into consecration. You see that and you're like, rah, nah, man. See, God, this is what I'm talking about. You're always taking the mick out of my life. Everyone else can have fun and you're calling me into consecration and fasting. That's out of order, man. People are having drinks, you know what I mean? The colladas, you understand? You see that and you know, God has told you not to drink. And you're like, rah, God, you're out of order, you know? Everyone is sipping on some champagne and my way. And I'm here, you know what I mean? But no, it's for a reason. We're sowing seeds into our future with God. Right? We're exercising discipline to do what is best for our souls. Mary understood what it was in that moment. She seized the opportunity, right, to receive. And that's the thing about true intimacy, right? It isn't just about us giving. It's also about us receiving. Closeness, friendship, it's a divine exchange. So I don't know, in that moment, Mary must have been like, okay, but Jesus, like, so you know when you were um, walking by the pool, yeah, and you did, there was an exchange, there was a conversation, that's true intimacy. When there is a give and take happening, that's what God is drawing you into. Intimacy is not about work. If intimacy is about work for you, then that means you have a broken outlook on intimacy that God needs to heal. And the only way you can, in, you can um, heal broken thoughts of intimacy is through you actually encountering true intimacy. Have you heard of this, this thought, you know, that God will, God will heal you in the place that broke you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Intimacy. And many of us have had fractured intimacy. Whether that looks like abandonment. Whether that looks like rejection whether that looks like abuse, however that may look like it has tainted and it has broken your understanding of intimacy. But when we truly encounter God, we are then allowing God to reinforce what true intimacy is. So that it can heal the rejection. So that it can heal the abandonment issues. Are you tracking with me, yeah? And so we need to choose presence over pressure. By choosing presence over pressure, we're just giving room for God to sow seeds into our identity. Room. We're giving God room. We're giving God room. And so Mary was at the feet of Jesus, right? And I believe that the, the, being at the feet of Jesus, it resembles this, this teachable heart, this humility, this openness. And someone said, I can't remember who it was, but they spoke about intimacy, there being a nakedness, there being an openness. It really does take real humility to get naked before someone, right? It really does take that. It takes real humility, but it also takes you being teachable. Teachable. Why? Because presence is your advantage. It's for your advantage. Presence is for your advantage. Luke 10.42 says, There is need of only one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is for her advantage. 
which shall not be taken away from her. Presence is for your advantage. And when you turn to your neighbor, say, presence, presence. Is, for is for your advantage. Your advantage. Presence, presence is for, is for your, advantage. your advantage. I remember being at work and, you know, seeing, you know, so many things happening around me, right? I used to um, organize for university, their internship programs, right? So I was the, the head coordinator there and just ensuring that all the internships were doing well, et cetera, et cetera, right? And there was a season that it, there was pressure. No, 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 there was pressure, right? Especially when you are the person that everyone comes to for answers, there's pressure, right? Because then you have a boss too, <laughs> you understand? And so there was targets that needed to be met, but I'll never forget God saying to me, Susan, will tap my heart. Come, come, let's talk. I'm like, bro, I'm not even gonna lie to you, innit? Like, there's a lot happening in this moment that I need to focus on. Have you ever felt like that where you're like, no, God, this is not the time for tongues. This is not the time for worship. And you know, no, 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 see ya. No, like, I need to work. Like, if I don't work, I don't get paid, right? But God would tap my heart. And I began this thing where, even in the, no matter what time it was, if I was sensitive enough to the tap of God, I'll go to the bathroom and just begin to just worship and pray. And it would be like 10 minutes. But in that moment, like I would find the benefit, the advantage of being in that moment with God. It would be in that moment that God is like, you know what, here's the answer to this. Literally, like, okay, cool, this is how you deal with this person. I remember one time God giving me a specific scripture that spoke to the situation between me and this particular colleague. This is how you deal with it. Presence over pressure. It was for my advantage, right? So where I thought, oh gosh, okay, cool. Yes, Lord, yeah, Baba, sick. No, like, there was a, come on, guys, am I the only one that does that? Okay, because I thought I was the only one. Um, but, like, it was more than that. God saw my need. And when we say God cares, that's what we're talking about. Every aspect of our lives. See, intimacy, yes, there is a time and there is a place for it. But intimacy with God is not restricted to a time and a place. It's at every moment. Lord, I'm inviting you into this moment. It is stressful right now. I don't know what to do. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to connect with what you're saying because you know all things. You are all-knowing, right? And so I had to learn what it meant to receive deposits even in the midst of pressure. Right? And that's what it is when it says it's for your advantage. It's the good part. Choosing presence is for your advantage. We can make room for a lot of things. Why not God? Because what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you, this is, I'm trying to buy you in. Into the need, the benefit of walking with God. That's what it looks like. Every day, every hour, God, I'm available. God, what are you saying? It's not even me just talking. It's God, you know what? I'm open to, to receive from you today. I'm open to you. 
I'm open. What's, what, why are you saying, Lord? Why are you saying? It's those whispers throughout the day that God drops in our hearts. See, this is the thing that we need to understand is that we create from presence. We heal from presence. We're free in presence. We problem solve from presence. Right? We innovate from presence. Right? We choose, we decision make from presence. The scripture says that Jesus prayed all night, then he came down and he picked the disciples. Presence. Presence. I choose presence. I flow from presence. I respond from presence. I love from presence. I create from presence. I problem solve from presence. I innovate from presence. I move from presence. I am healed in presence. I'm free in presence. I'm set free in presence. I have peace in presence. I have joy in presence. Presence over pressure. Presence over pressure. Some of the things that we're struggling with in our lives is because we have pressure, no presence. Pressure to fall into sin, but no presence. There's not enough presence to convict us of the pressure. It's easy. It's very easy to fall into sin because we have no presence. There's no spirit in our lives telling us, no, that's not the way you should go. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Convicting us of sin and leading us into all truth. Presence over pressure. The, the, the culture of intimacy is choosing God at any opportunity that we have. Hallelujah. And Jesus was a great example of this. Luke 5 verses 15 to 16, it says, But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Often. He was popular, mad popular. Like, no, 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 no. Like, we think we're busy. Jesus was busy. Right? Jesus was busy. He had things to do. There were people trying to grab the hem of his garment at some point. You understand? There was someone asking a question about this in some point. Someone's asking about their daughter. He was being pulled in many different directions, but often he withdrew to pray. So if our Lord took time out to pray, how much more you? Right? He understood that the only way he could do the will of the Father to see what the Father wanted him to do was through prayer. How will you know what the Father wants you to do? How will you know how the Father wants you to live? How will you know if you're not with him? Because this is how we become gift-orientated, works-orientated. This is how it starts. Because we make it about what we can do and not who we need. Presence over pressure. Jesus didn't succumb to the pressure. He knew who needed him. But he knew that in order for him to fulfill his call on this earth, he needed the Father. He needed that insight. 
And I love Jesus because we see throughout the Gospels that he presented himself to the Father at every point. Garden of Gethsemane, the most vulnerable time of his life. He said, God, if you're willing, take this from me. I don't want to, I don't want to, do, let's get real in here. I don't want to live this life no more. This is hard. I don't want to be holy. I don't want to be pure. I want to go and do my own to anyone else here. I want to do my own thing, right? I want to do, I want to do what I need to do. I want my own man. I want my own woman. They don't need to be saved. I don't want to do this no more. Let's be real. It bees like that sometimes. Jesus pulled it all out. He said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know. This is heavy for me. This call is heavy for me. My purpose is heavy for me. Where you're bringing me up to, I don't know. I have a whole family that doesn't believe in me. I have friends that are succeeding more than me, right? I should be much further. And you have me in this place. God, I am not sure. Let's be real in this place. The demand was heavy, but Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. What does the scripture then say that angels came and ministered to him thereafter? How are you able to experience the trueness of God if you ain't true yourself? That's what intimacy is. He was able to encounter strength through his vulnerability, through his brokenness. And so where sometimes religiosity will tell you you have to be a certain way, that's not God. That's not the nature of God. I believe that Jesus showed us the authenticity of who he is so it can be an illustration for who we can be. Vulnerability, check yes. Brokenness, check yes. Presence over pressure. And we have to get to a place where we realize that we need God. And you know what? We live in a generation that doesn't feel like they need God. But if we can shift our hearts to actually have an authentic need, even right now, just, God, I need you. Give me a need for you. Give me a hunger for you. Give me a curiosity for you. Lord, I need you. I I need you. I'm broken. I need you. Lord, my mind is all over the place, but I need you. I need God. I need it. I need it. And so the question is, is how do we now begin to build and maintain a culture of intimacy? And, you know, sometimes we can overcomplicate this thing. Right? We wait for the atmosphere to be right. You know, the drummer to come in with the cymbals, you know, so the guitar, whatever. No, 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 it begins within. It begins within. We've been given the Holy Spirit. I believe that it's three key things, authenticity, worship, and stillness. Authenticity, worship, and stillness. Authenticity, who are you really? How are you really? What's happening with you? A conversation with God. The real, the the, the gritty stuff. You know, Tosan, the the gritty stuff, the I don't know stuff that 
authentic because we're giving room for God to be authentic with us, right? Worship. Worship is, is almost like, you know, this is one thing that I've had to learn and understand is that God loves to hear me. He's given us gifts, right? Like he's given us good gifts. He loves to hear me. So I worship God. And there's a scripture that speaks about that we rise with songs of deliverance around us. Some of us wake up and we have songs in our hearts and in our spirits. That's an invitation. That's God inviting you deeper. Sing. Write. Paint. Draw. Do what you do. Give it, offer it to God because through that, it's an invitation. Lord, I, I, I receive this invitation from you. It's an invitation. Some of us may not be able to hold a note, but that's God wants to hear you. No, no, he wants to hear you. He wants, have you ever been in a time of worship? Worshiping on your own and you just feel God's presence come in. Was it about the voice that you had? Or was it about the posture of your heart? Worship God. Give him your time. And some of us go into you know, into our prayer times, into our times with God. And we go in with this mentality, this military mentality. Okay, first I I pray in the spirit, I pray in tongues. Then after that, maybe I'll read my Bible, but let me do another 30 minutes of praying in tongues. And then that's it. There's no room. There's no room for God. But what if you change it up? What if your meeting point isn't in your room? What if it's on a walk? What if it's in the bathroom? Change it up. Find somewhere else to worship. Stillness. Being still in a Martha world. Being still in a Martha world. One thing that I realized, you know, like when I went to Ghana, like I walk really fast, but then compared to my husband, I walk slow. So I don't know if there's a wind there, but... They used to be like, why are you walking so fast? And I'm like, but aren't we going somewhere? They were like, no, calm down, calm down. You know what I mean? Like, it's not rush, you know, because that's the pace that I'm used to. In London, on the underground, you can't be taking your time. You have to, you know what I mean? Keep up with the flow. We've got somewhere to go. <laughs> There's always a move. Someone will even barge you and do whatever. I don't care about no baby on board, bro. Like, let's do what they want to do, right? But I say that to say that slow down your pace with God. Slow down your pace with God. We get into prayer, we're just like God and what I had to learn was I'll pray, then I'll pause. I'll just lift up my hands and I'll be like, yes, God, I receive it. Then I'll continue to pray. It's giving God room to speak back to you. Because we don't give God room. Right? We do our deed. We've checked it off. But where's the room for God? Intimacy, closeness, friendship. When you're talking with your friend, do you cut her off once you're done? Think about it. Friendship, stillness, exercising stillness. When you wake up in the morning, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's an amazing book. It's just about art and journaling and stuff like that and she speaks about you know um 
journaling being the first thing we do in the morning because we're the most sensitive. Spiritually, it's a, when you sleep, it's a sensitive time, right? And so she talks about just writing down your thoughts as soon as you get up. Could be anything. You can have a poem, you can have a song, whatever it may be, you just write, just take it all out, right? And I think that's something that we need to practice in our own lives, okay. yeah? Where we wake up and we're just still in the morning. You haven't reached for your phone or anything like that. Even me, I'm thinking about getting a digital clock in the room so I don't have to look at my phone to check the time, right? Like, just really just being still before God. Think about what you dreamt about. Sometimes God speaks to me in my sleep, right? I'll be in between sleep and the Holy Spirit ministering to me about certain things. And so I still myself, I say, okay, God, one time God was like, don't write anything, just receive. That's good. Right? And then allowing myself to channel that. And so stillness also looks like that. Being present with yourself. What's happening with you? Right. Is, are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling over? Just pen it down. But if you go throughout the day, and you haven't even checked in with yourself and checked in with God, there's a problem, right? And so stillness. Stillness also looks like being attentive to the whispers of God. Those random thoughts that you will have. Random scriptures that come to mind. Note them down. That's probably God ministering to you about something. Or it's for someone. Right? He's speaking. He's speaking. And even in that time of prayer, I want to say this as well, because I, I, I don't like to over-spiritualize this thing of intimacy with God. Even in the time of prayer, like, sometimes when God speaks, it is actually a whisper. Yeah. It's a picture. It's a thought. Mm-hmm. It's not random. Come on. Note it down. God, what? First it's, thank you, God, I received this. Yeah. But also, what are you saying? Yeah. Still. Whatever comes to mind, you write it down. It's not complicated. But we have, unfortunately, complicated it, right? But this is what friendship with God looks like. And you are called to be a friend of God. Like God actually desires your friendship. Not only are we disciples, followers, but we, he also calls us friends. Friends. It's through the friendship that we are influenced and that where we can then become who he has called us to be. And sometimes we follow, 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 but we're not doing the friendship part right. Right? And then it becomes legalistic. And then it's harder for you to bounce back from anything that has happened in your life because you have a follow mentality and not a friendship one. But God is saying friendship, follower but friend, follower but friend. And so this message really is an invitation for deeper intimacy with God. Like deeper friendship and closeness with God. And all of us can testify here and say, I need, I need more. Not just here on a Sunday, not just here, right? Not just what we create in this space for you, but how you can create that at home. Because your home is also holy ground. It's also a space for God to dwell. 
the place of Bethel, right? Like this is an invitation to go deeper. Deeper with God. And I believe that even as we prayed this uh, this afternoon, earlier today, I really believe what God was drawing us into was deeper fellowship. He He was appearing to us so that we can basically build a curiosity for him. He was wetting our palates. And so I want to read this scripture. Revelations 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with me and he with me. There are no terms and conditions to that. He didn't say, anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, first of all, have your shoes off, have your jacket off. There was, there's no terms and conditions. It just says, I will come into him and dine with him, fellowship, commune, the communion of the Holy Spirit, right? And he with me. God desires you more than you know. Like his desire for you far outlasts the desire that you think you have for him. Like he wants you. And he knows that it is for your advantage, right? So that we can understand that our fight to be present in a Martha world is essential. That we have to choose presence over pressure. And presence is for our advantage, right? And so even as we begin to pray, and I really feel in my spirit as well, you know, to pray into individuals also that have had bad experiences when it comes to intimacy. Bad experiences with intimacy. There was a key word that someone used and it was trust. Trust has been broken. However, that may look like it's been broken, right? And so it's affecting the way that you engage with God. But I want to invite you to a space with God where he can journey with you to rebuild that trust by revealing who he is to you. Amen? Amen. And so if that's you, please do come and step forward if you want prayer concerning that. Amen? But I want us to rise to our feet. Amen. Even before we do, I want us to sing this chorus. I just want you Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want. I just want you, nothing else, oh, nothing else, nothing else will do. Let this be your prayer. I just want you, nothing else, oh, nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Oh. oh. Nothing else. 
nothing else, God. Nothing else will do. I just want. I just Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else, Lord. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. Hallelujah. Just begin to just lift up your heart to Him. Let that be your prayer, Lord. Nothing else, Lord. I just want you, God. I just want you, Jesus. Yeah, is it more that you want? Is it a deeper sensitivity, a deeper fellowship? Oh God, I just want you. Nothing else. Oh, nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want Nothing else, God, yeah. Nothing else, God. Oh, I just want nothing else. Nothing else. to this moment. God, I want you. I want you, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. You want us, Lord God, and we respond to the invitation right now. Yeah, just worship the way that you desire. Worship the way that you desire. Hallelujah. Sing a song unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Sing a song unto the Lord. Are you saying yes in this moment? Some of us need to give a God, give God a fresh yes. Lord, I'm saying yes. Some of you need to rededicate yourselves to him. I just want you, oh God. I just want you, God. I just want you. I just want you, God. I just want you. I just want you, God. I just want you, oh God. I just want you, oh God. Yeah, we want more of you. We want more of you, God. We want more of you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. We pray, Holy Spirit. May you heal, Lord God. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, God. We want more. We want more of you, God. We want more of you. Yeah, lift it up, lift it up. We want more of you. You're in this place, oh God, you're in this place. You're in this place, oh God, you're in this place. Yeah, we just want you, Jesus. We just want you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, we want you, oh God, we want you. We want you, oh God, we want you. Yes, Lord God. We want you, oh God. We want you. You are calling us nearer. You are drawing us nearer to you. You are drawing us nearer, God. Hallelujah. You are drawing us nearer to you, oh God. Hallelujah. You are drawing us nearer, Lord God. You crown us with loving kindness, oh God. Lord, you are 
We want more of you, Jesus. We want more. Pour out your spirit, oh God. Pour out your spirit, oh God. Pour out your spirit. Revive your children, oh God. Refresh your children. Replenish your children, oh God. Replenish your children. Yes, God, we want more of you. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yeah. Yeah, just just lean into his presence right now. Just lean in. Hear the Lord saying, take what you need. Pour out, Lord God, pour out, Lord God. We say yes, we give you a fresh yes, oh God. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. We want more of you, oh God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we want to experience the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Your sweet communion, Lord. Make us more sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Yes, God, make us more sensitive. Even right now, I just really want to pray. I want to pray for the fractured outlook on intimacy that has been tainted, Lord God, by rejection, that has been tainted by abandonment, that has been tainted, Lord God, by pornography, that has been tainted by abuse. Lord, I pray in this season, Lord God, that you will begin to renew the minds of your sons and daughters, Lord God, that you will repair repair what is broken, Father. You will repair what is broken, where the enemy sowed seeds of a perverted way of intimacy. Lord, I pray that in this season, through your Holy Spirit, you will just begin to pluck it out, oh God. Yeah, Holy Spirit, your word says that the Spirit leads into all truth and convicts of sin. God, may you convict and may you uproot, Lord God, every seed, Lord God, that has fractured this area of intimacy. Lord, I pray, Lord God, your word says that you are close to the brokenhearted. And Father, I'm praying every broken heart as a result of broken intimacy. May they feel your closeness. May they experience your closeness in the name of Jesus. Yeah, God, give us, give us a revelation of your heart. Give us a revelation of your heart. Lord, your word says that if I wanted offering and sacrifice, I would have asked for it. 
but you ask for a broken and a contrite heart that you will not despise. And God, right now we pray that every lie that has gone against that truth, Lord God, that it be released from us today in the name of Jesus. We draw near, Lord God. We give you a fresh yes today, Lord God. We rededicate ourselves to you this afternoon, oh God. We say yes to you. We surrender to you, Lord God. We give our lives over again to you, Lord God. Lord, I pray for individuals that have been buried under pressure. I pray as they experience your presence right now that they will rise above it in the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, minister. Minister. Yes, Lord, minister, God. Yes, Jesus. Yeah, release, Lord God. I, I just sense God just releasing himself in this room. I really sense a fresh wind coming upon every individual right now hallelujah a fresh baptism hallelujah where guilt and shame has riddled you I pray right now in the name of Jesus that by the power of the Holy Ghost that you will be truly released in the name of Jesus freedom is your right freedom is your right Holy Spirit, breathe, blow, 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 Lord God. Raye Ababa Sekia. Yes, God, yes, God. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Yeah, there's some people that in this season God wants you to experience angelic encounter. True encounter, breakthrough. Hallelujah. Yes, God, I feel you in this place, oh God. True healing. Hallelujah. A true freedom from bondages, emancipation from particular things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some people where God just wants to strengthen you in his presence, in the fullness of his presence. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. I even pray right now over every mind and every heart that they will experience your love, your fatherhood in this place, oh God. Yes, God. Reinforce your fatherhood in this place, Lord God. Reinforce your fatherhood, Lord God. There's some of you that have father wounds in here, and God wants to release His Father heart upon you. Hallelujah. He wants to heal every grief and every brokenness and every loss in His presence. Hallelujah. Yes, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that they will experience the love of Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Pour out your love. Pour out your love upon every broken heart, Lord Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Holy Spirit. Pour it out. Pour it out, Lord God. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out, Lord God. Pour it out. I just 
sense God he's been waking some of you up in the late hour you think that it's just insomnia but really it's the Lord tugging at your heart drawing you in pulling you in hallelujah tapping on your heart ask him to dine with you yes God and we say yes today we say yes to deeper encounter deeper intimacy to revival to awakening yeah Lord yeah yes God I hear you I even hear the Lord saying some of you are waiting to be free from sin in order for you to go deeper but God is saying come deep with me and you'll be free from that sin come deeper with me and you'll be free from that sin Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. We hear you, Lord. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 31, verses 3, it says, Long ago the Lord said to insert your name, to Tosan, to Letitia, the Lord said, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. This is the Lord drawing you to himself. I will rebuild you, my virgin Ariel, my virgin Stephanie. I will rebuild you. You will again be happy and dance merrily with your tambourines. Some of you have been yearning for true joy. Some of you want to desire, really desire restoration. Yeah. But his promise is that he will rebuild you. Yeah. That's his promise. But where does it start? His drawing. He's drawing you to himself. So even right now, God, we say yes to yes, the draw. Lord, we, say yes to you. we say yes, Lord, in this moment. And I want to pray, Lord God, that every seed that has been sown in this place, this this, this day, Lord God, that it will not be uprooted, that it is falling on fertile ground. Yes, Lord. It's fertile ground and it will reap a harvest a hundredfold, three hundredfold, Lord yes, God, Lord. a harvest, good ground, Lord God, I declare. And Lord, even this week, Lord God, bring to mind this word. Yeah, bring it back to mind, Lord God, when condemnation sets in, bring back this word that, Lord, you are drawing us. That you are drawing us deeper in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen and amen.